On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Platforms. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World wherever you get your podcasts. And they were O'Driscoll, Morgan, extra man, it's Fitzgerald, oh Fitzgerald is coming back inside! Leicester have another! Darcy O'Driscoll through the legs, Rob Carney, out to Fitzgerald again, step and score! Another team announcement and another selection bombshell with today's news that Johnny Sexton has been ruled out of Saturday's showdown against France. Instead, Joey Carberry will make his first ever Six Nations start in Paris. What an opportunity it is for him. And as well as that, Andy Farrell has brought back Robbie Henshaw and Ian Henderson, two Lions, onto the bench to bolster his replacement options. Glad to be joined by Rory O'Connor and Keane Tracy once again for our left wing team announcement reaction podcast. And Rory, if it was if last week was kind of a bat signal sent out after Matt Canson, today is certainly even as urgent with the Johnny Sexton news. It really changes the complexion of the game on, at the weekend. We'll discuss maybe in a minute if that's good or bad in, in the long term. But for this game right now, what what are your thoughts? Well, like it's, I mean, big, bigger picture, it's it's indicative of the whole Ireland have dug themselves into that losing your 36-year-old out half is a cause for panic. Now, I've just come off a call with Joey Carberry. He's not panicking. He's pretty comfortable about it all. He's pretty relaxed about it all. You know, he's 26. He's 28-odd caps. And um, if it weren't for injury, this would not be his debut. He would have started six, not debut, his, his first start. He would have started Six Nations games before. You know, we know how good he is and we know how good he can be. Unfortunately, due to a litany of, of you know, disastrous injury issues, he just hasn't been able to fulfill the potential that's there. And, you know, I think he got a bit frustrated by the line of questioning because everyone was asking him, about, you know, how, are you excited about this? Is it a big opportunity for you? Whereas he sees it as his natural role. You know, he was coming for Johnny Sexton's place in 2019 before the World Cup. He gave an interview to the New Zealand Herald saying he was coming for Johnny and, he hasn't been, you know, like his body has denied himself the opportunity to do it. There's no doubting that this changes, utterly changes the complexity of this game from a preview dynamic, you know, from a, a dynamic, from the preview perspective that Johnny Sexton missing out is just a major blow. You can't see it any other way because we just, he's so integral to the way the team plays. He's been such an important figure. He's been producing really, really good performances despite the concerns over his age. So when he drops out of the team, previously there's been a massive drop-off in terms of performances. And that hasn't been Joey Carberry necessarily stepping in in, the, in those games where it's gone wrong um, because it's been, he, he's been absent. So that's the big thing. Is, is, is Joey Carberry ready to step in, step up, and lead the team to a win in Paris? 
we don't know yet. And that is the, the major uncertainty going into it. It's moved the markets. It was a three-point spread in this game. It's gone out to five points. Um, so that shows us a little bit of, uh, you know, like definitely uh, perception is that there's a, there's a change up when you lose Johnny Sexton. And, and that's kind of backed up by Ireland losing to France last year and, and a couple of other incidents as well. Yeah, and I saw that they went from outright Six Nations favourites as well to second favourites behind France as well. So as you mentioned, it has moved the markets. But Keen, I suppose, obviously, huge game for Joey Carberry. But one thing in his favour, maybe, you know, Rudd alluded to some of the other experiences that Hoffs have had coming in in relief and, and not going very well. But Carberry will be playing behind probably the informed pack in the world. Maybe South Africa will have something to say about that. But the way the front row and the back row are, in particular are going at the moment. He should have a good platform at least. It, you know, it's a, you'd like to think that Ireland won't get beasted up front the way maybe in Twickenham and say a Ross Byrne got very tough experiences. Um, you know, so ideally he should hopefully get a chance to put his own stamp on the game. Whether he can do that now is a different question. Yeah, I suppose like you look at that French pack and it's it's pretty fearsome, isn't it? And you look, they've gone for a six-two split on the bench as well, which I think you know says a lot about the the game plan they're going to be playing. I know we talked about it during the week, Will, on the pod. I was a bit surprised that maybe. They didn't bring in Bernard Leroux into the second row as well and beef it up even further. But the 6-2 split uh, speaks volumes. Look, I think the way Ireland are playing at the moment will really suit will really suit Joey Carberry. And I think before he got his latest, before he fractured his elbow in that Wasps game, I thought we were seeing more signs of him coming back to his best. Obviously, this is a big step up. I think, you know, a lot of people will point to his lack of game time compared to Jack Carty, but... He's still been able to train pretty much, obviously not normally because he had a fractured elbow, but in terms of doing his running and things like that. So I think that helped him in terms of getting back a little bit quicker than a lot of people thought. I think it's it's amazing that it's only his six nation, his first Six Nations start. I think that will have caught a lot of people by surprise. And, you know, maybe in the long run, it will be a blessing in disguise that he is getting this opportunity because, like, let's be realistic, he wasn't getting it until a few hours ago really because Johnny Sexton picked up this injury like very late in the day on Thursday like I mean to be fair you normally kind of get whispers of it and in fairness Rudd did this morning on Thursday it was a, a panic trying to you know get it confirmed but couldn't quite get it over the line but you know it, ju- it just shows how late in the day and I think that shows up issues as well because if it had been a Monday or a Tuesday I think you know Joey Carberry would have been running the team all week but that hasn't obviously been the case. And I know the way Ireland work is that they swap their out halves and scrum halves, whatever, in and out in case this eventuality comes to pass. But that's a that's a big challenge as well, that he hasn't been the one running the running a show this week. So huge challenges. But personally, I'd have a lot of faith. I'd have a lot of confidence in, in Carberry stepping up to the mark. Um, you know, he went down to Munster to be the number one out half. It obviously hasn't gone his way and been no fault of his own through through injuries, but he's been around this Irish team, Irish squad for a long, long time now. He's not the the new kid on the block anymore. And this really is his opportunity, I suppose, to stand up in a big game and a big test uh, away from home and show that people shouldn't be panicking. I think it's interesting here, Rudd, they're talking about his demeanor. Like I wasn't on, I was actually talking to Bundy Aki at the same time and he was facing similar questions. But I don't know what you thought, Rudd, but I thought Andy Farrell in his press conference there was pretty downbeat. Um, he's he's usually, you know, kind of excited, upbeat, but there was definitely an element of you could see how gutted he was that Johnny Sexton, Johnny Sexton isn't going to be playing. It's probably worth mentioning that Sexton's injury, the, the latest is that he Andy Farrell reckons it'll only be seven to ten days. So obviously with a break next week, he could potentially come back. But obviously with Italy next up, 
it's a great opportunity for Carberry to play well in Paris and to keep the jersey for, for that Italy game. So I don't know what you thought, Rod, but I thought his demeanour was a bit kind of downbeat. Yeah, I don't need likes online press conferences, and I think that that isn't helping his demeanour. And I, like you know, he was much better in the in the autumn when we were actually in the room with him. He, he's he, I think he gets really annoyed by the format, and and you know, he kind of reject. I was just listening to back to somebody who's rejecting the premise of a lot of the questions, and kind of you know, he just wasn't in great form, and and that's like that. Johnny Sexton's going to get injured. Like we we know, like last year he missed out on the second game as well. You know, this is the concern around the World Cup. This is why we've been beating this drum for so long. It's not because we want Johnny Sexton to be to run him out to ride him out of the, the, the of his rugby career, but we know that this is going to happen. So like they should be, they shouldn't. They should first they should see this coming. And they should have a plan in place for it, and they should be confident in Joey Carberry going and do it. Otherwise, you know, you're relying on a guy who's going to be 38 in in France next year to get you through, and like that's just a not. It's not a good plan. It might work. You might get lucky, and it might work, but it's not a good plan. So, um, he said all the right things, but you're right. His demeanor was, um, you know, gave away maybe the concerns that he has, and and yeah, it, like if you knew you weren't going to have Johnny Sexton in Paris, you probably start Joey Carberry against Wales, if you know what I mean. You would have given him that 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 run, and I suppose he did come on, um, for a decent chunk of that game, and it didn't go particularly well. Like, and not true. You know, it wasn't Carberry himself, but the last twenty was probably the sloppiest part when the bench did come on, and um, that I suppose is a bit of a concern that the team standards drop off. I go back to James Ryan last year saying that you can tell when Johnny's in training, levels go up, and like that shouldn't be the case at at, at an elite sporting level. One person should not have the influence that Sexton uh, seems to have in this camp. At the same time, they have been you know weaning them the self off. The reliance on him in terms of the playmaking and in terms of like the touches, other players have been stepping up. The decision making has been more collaborative since November. James Ryan has had more of a voice. He's a more mature captain figure now than he was when he first got the gig in 2020 when when Sexton was was out at, at that stage. And they're in they're you know he's Carby's coming into a winning team, an unchanged winning otherwise unchanged winning team. So that should stand to him as well. And for all that we're focusing on the out halves, and I know it is the big story, and, and we're right to do so. It's that six-two split, and it's the Irish, uh, you know, whether Ireland can cope with the physicality that the athletic profile that that French pack bring. That's really where I'm. I would have concerns over Ireland this weekend, as opposed to Carberry. Like Carberry's obviously an important cog in the wheel, but if you go back to the La Rochelle game against Leinster last year, and you think of Weenie Antonio's influence, you think of um, Will Skelton, who obviously isn't playing for France at the weekend, but they do have. Roman Tofa Fanua, who is an absolute monster coming off the bench. They've picked that picked that six two split. They've got Paul Vilemsa, who Bernard Jackman says is just the most powerful player he's ever worked with. They have that kind of massive uh profile of player that Ireland have struggled and Leinster have struggled to deal with in the past. So that's a real test for where Ireland are. And if Carberry's getting terrible ball, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's Sexton or Carberry. If the ball is terrible, maybe Sexton's better, you know, able to deal with it because of experience. But you know, that's where the, this game will be won and lost. I think he'll be yeah. helped as well. Sorry, Will. I think he'll be helped as well, uh, Joey. And you're dead right, Rod. I couldn't, couldn't agree more with the points you've made in terms of that it, it does start up front. But I just think back to like the talk around Marcus Smith playing for England last weekend and that he needed an experienced 12 alongside him. Um, and you saw kind of that he probably did need that in hindsight. But you look at how well Bundyaki is playing. 
And this system is designed to take responsibility off the 10. So we've saw, we saw that last week with Mac Hansen coming in off his wing, like Andrew Conway doing the same, Gary Ringrose, Hugo Keenan stepping up even more. So I think Bundyaki will have an even bigger role to play now this weekend to kind of, you know, even defending some of the 10 channels, I think, because obviously France are going to send big runners down Joey Carberry because they've seen how much that his body has failed him, like when you get big runners looking at him, so uh, running at him. So I think Bundy has been such an important player of the last few games for Ireland, but I think he becomes even more so now. Yeah, Rodan, just on the point you were making about the, you know, the pack and, and the size, you know, obviously Ian Henderson has been selected on the bench. You know, Andy Farrell has opted to keep Tyburn and James Ryan as a starting combination. So, you know, was that, was that a call you agree with or do you think they could have done with that bit of extra punch in there? No, I I think he's right to stick with the combination that he had, and Henderson will have a big role to play uh, in in coming in and 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 you know supporting Finley Beelham in particular, who is the one that probably I have the most concern over, and it's no slight on on Finley Beelham. He you know he it's just the the level of size that and, and power that he's bringing to the table compared to what the French are able to bring is where I think they'll get this game could be won and lost and, and how long he can leave tight furlong out there out there andrew porter the same you know keen Healy comes on keen Healy can live in this sort of company even though he's at an advanced stage in his career he'll scrum he'll 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 rock he'll maul he'll, he'll carry close in he won't do the things he can't do what andrew porter does uh, in terms of some of his athletic feats he, he was able to do it 10 years ago but i think that part of his game is gone but he still can cope physically Dan Sheehan is, is an incredible athlete. He's well able to cope. But I think having your more powerful lock coming out off the bench, particularly when he probably only has 50 minutes in him anyway, is probably a smart call, particularly, you know, you've got the experience as well of Healy, Henderson and O'Mahony coming into this game. If it's in the mix with 20, 25 minutes to go, that's a lot of experience. That's two provincial captains and your most, your most cap player coming off the bench to help close out a game. Um, but it is, it's just whether France do that kind of South African thing of pinning Ireland into, into their 22 and scrumming and mauling and trying to splinter that tight five and making tight furlong, Andrew Porter, and Ronan Kelleher do the things that they don't want to do. They're well able, sorry, they're well able to, to, to scrum maul and, and hit rooks, but it's not where they're influencing games. If they're dragged into just firefighting all the time, then they can't, you know, they'll be too tired to make the carries that we want from them. They'll be too tired to make those passes that we saw from Furlong, the strip that, that Porter put in to, to um, create the, the try for um, uh, Gary Ringrose at the weekend. Those moments of magic that we're getting from the front row at the moment, they're coming because they're, they're still fresh. Whereas what the biggest teams have done against this Leinster type, you know, these Leinster players is that they have drawn them into a, a physical battle and sapped the legs from them and broken their spirit. Saracens did it, La Rochelle did it, England have done it at times, although Porter wasn't on the loose head for those for those games. So that is where I think the, the big questions are over this Irish tie five, in particular with the subs coming on. I think you'll see uh, Tyke Furlong playing much longer than he did last weekend. I know there was an element of, you know, they were easing him back after the, the calf injury that he had last week, but kind of in hindsight, I wonder, looking back in it, were they getting him off because they need him to go even longer this week, probably for the concerns that would be around Finley Beelham. So I think that will be certainly one to one to keep an eye on. You know, generally props come off around kind of a, a predetermined time, but I'd say Ireland are going to try and squeeze an extra 10, even 12, 15 minutes out of Furlong if they have it in him because 
you know, for all that this Irish front row, and I was speaking to Tyke Furlong for a piece in today's paper, and, you know, he was very kind of keen to stress that this is still a relatively new front row between himself, Andrew Porter and Ronan Kelleher. But for all the, the praise that they've got, like this French front row is arguably just as good. Like, I mean, Julian Marchand, uh, Cyril Boy, like, you know, they know each other so well from Toulouse. And like Rod said, Uni Antonio brings just ferocious power and is, is good on the ball as well. So um, that's the challenge for this Ireland front row, like Rod says. Can they withstand that? Can they withstand the power that's going to co- come with the scrum, that's going to come with the mall, and then also bring the subtle extras that we've been seeing from them over the last couple of weeks? Because, like Rod said, it was kind of e- it was easier to do it against a Welsh pack, which had a fraction of the firepower that France are going to bring this weekend. But it's a great test. I mean, these are the kind of tests that you want. Like, I mean, you don't want Ireland kind of sleepwalking through with Six Nations thinking they're great. I think this is the exact kind of test that we want to see exactly how good this pack is. Right. I know we've been talking about it quite a bit that, you know, you were kind of keen to see how this Irish pack would go against the box. But I think this French French pack as well will provide just a similar kind of test as what, what the box would, especially when you look now that they have their own mini bomb, bomb squad coming off the bench in the six, two split. So I think it's great. Like it's really exciting to see how they stand up to it, especially away from home, which, for this team, I think, is the next big thing to get a win on the road. And the one big selection, kind of dilemma outside of the out-half uh, thing that came in late in the day, Rudd, was Robbie Henshaw, you know, being named on the bench, going up on the Aki and Gary Ringrose. You know, interestingly, France, you know, going with Yoram Mafena at 12, a very young rookie as well. So he's going up against a very experienced Irish centre partnership. But even Henshaw's the bench option as well. Like, very dynamic, you know, player, can cover, you know, full-back, as we mentioned, maybe... Not, not as well as, as in the centre, but, you know, what did you make of, of the way Andy Farrell has gone about, you know, kind of piecing together the midfield and with Hench on the bench? Yeah, I haven't looked back through it, but he has picked a centre as that number 23 a number of times over the course of his, his time in charge, which is a big change from his predecessor, who would have always gone for someone who could cover as many positions as possible, as, as effectively as possible. Um, the Felix Jones role, as I, I like to remember it, but the, the, you know, he's going for impact there. You know, you're bringing... Robbie Henshaw on for, for 25, 30 minutes of a test match that you would ex- anticipate will go down to the wire and you're not losing anything. So you're taking off Ringrose or Aki and you are bringing on a player who is arguably better than both of them and and is the reigning Ruby Riders and Ruby Players Ireland player of the year. You know, he's a player who had it not been um, a disjointed Christmas and then, a, you know, an adductor strain in training last week would probably be starting, um, although it's hard to argue against Aki or Ringrose. So you're really, it's a really smart bench pick because you, you, you have a player coming on who doesn't weaken the team in any way and can up the pace and can take decisions and is one of Jack Carty's best friends and has played with him before. And and, and also if they're coming on together, you know, he, he'll help him through it. Although, you know, Carty knows Aki pretty well as well. So he's surrounded by players that he knows. You've got Murray's experience there as well. You know, if Ireland get ahead, one question we have over this Irish team as well is can they chase a game? You know, if Ireland are... 15 points behind or 10 points behind can they get themselves out of that hole they've been front runners at home through this winning run this may ask them different questions and with Henshaw you've got a game changer just on Jack Carty I think it's worth mentioning him as well and it probably goes back to the wider point that we started talking about here in terms of the succession planning around the out half situation like if Joey Carberry touch wood was to go down early on and get an injury and Jack Carty comes on like 
the last time you played was at the World Cup and all of a sudden you're asking a guy now to step in to the Stade de France in Paris and run the show. It's just, it, it's, it's still a bit muddled, isn't it? Like how are Ireland back in this situation if that was to come to pass? Now, obviously they have a bit of time before the World Cup to build up that experience, but from a personal level, it's some redemption story for Jack Hart. You know, he still hasn't featured under Andy Farrell. He's played his way back in here on form. I think a lot of, Certainly Connacht supporters would would like to see him starting uh, against France this weekend. But I think you've got to go with Joey Carby because he is the, you know, he is the next man in after Sexton and they're the one who's building around. But I mean, if he was to come on early, like I said, it just it just shows the difficulties Ireland have had in sort of, you know, getting this succession planning in place that he'd come on. And he just doesn't have the international experience since since 2019. Like that's a long time ago now. So um, that'd be worth one worth worth keeping an eye on too. But from like I said, from his own point of view, it, it's great to see him back. I was just thinking of Stephen Donald as soon as he started saying, you know, someone being thrust into action when they weren't expected to be. His was a little more difficult. I think he was fishing off the coast of New Zealand somewhere. Just to finish up, then guys, we might get predictions. Rod, I go to you first. You think, you know, with today's news now, what 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 are your thoughts on on the uh, kind of a result of the weekend? Yeah, I went on off the ball last night and said Ireland were going to win. So now I have to kind of think: do I do I change my mind that based on this this it's a bit of a slide on Joey Carberry if I say it's 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 uh, it goes against them. Look, it's it's the venue where Ireland will play their two pivotal pool games in twenty twenty three, potentially a quarter final against France or New Zealand, and then if they get through that, a semi final and a final. It's the it's the perfect place to go and make a statement and. For all that I have doubts over certain elements, like we haven't seen Joey Carberry lead Ireland through a Six Nations game before, right? So that's something we haven't, we, you know, that, that's a box left to be ticked. We we haven't seen this tight five, this brilliant uh, front row, plus their replacements go up against one of the really, really powerful teams at their best, like a South Africa or a France. So that's another box that left to be checked. And we've never seen Ireland have to chase it, this Ireland team in, in the most recent past, this run of 10 games. Or nine games unbeaten, and um, we never had seen them have to come back. So France put on the magic in the first twenty minutes, get a bit of a wave behind them, and and as as French teams you know can only do, just get that momentum and put put a lead on. Can Ireland go and chase it? Then do they have the bench to do it? Do they have the game plan? There's nothing to say they can't do any of those things. There's nothing to say Joey like Joey Carberry sees himself as Ireland's ten in 2023. I've no doubt in my head that he's he's been waiting for this opportunity for for five or six years to start a big game in Sexton's absence and run it. And this is his moment. If he if he comes in and and, and gets it and goes you know potentially goes 80 minutes, wins the game for Ireland, kicks all his goals, plays brilliantly well. Well, then that that ten issue is almost it's not quite solved because you know obviously he could get injured as well, but it, it goes an awful long way of doing it, and he's a brilliant player who has a different box of tricks for 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 Ireland and if he plays to his strengths can can do can do great things so look I have major doubts over my own prediction and I'm not I, I would urge any listener not to put money where my my mouth is because you're not going to blame me on, on Monday when, when you're when you're broke but like I I'm still going to stick with Ireland just about but like with, with very little <laughs> with very little faith behind it but I look there's a lot to like with this Irish team they're on a winning run I have a bit of a question mark over France's mental strength. Um, they've screwed up a couple of times over the last 18 months. They've never won a tournament before. Ireland need to take them somewhere where they haven't been in a while. Um, and just Joey Carby's going to have to have the game of his life. But I, I think he can. I like that. Ireland, but with very little faith. Perfect. <laughs> uh, Keane. 
Well, Rod's going for his heart over his head. I think I'm going to go for my head over my heart. Like, to be fair, I did think France would sneak it kind of all along. Um, I, I think Johnny Sexton being out does does change the, the whole complexion. You can see that in the bookie spread as well. I think, look, it's, it's such a cliche, but a good start is so important. If Ireland can get on top early on and silence the, the home crowd, like that would be massive. I think Rod is right to point out that if it goes the other way in France were to get a lead in the, in the first 20 minutes, then it could be an even tougher challenge. My fear would be, I know Ian Henderson has this unbelievable knack of like hitting the ground running after injuries, but I think it's been nearly seven weeks since he's played. And you look at the, you look at the, the firepower that France are going to roll off that bench after like 50, 60 minutes and like Ireland don't really have the, the same capacity. I think, you know, Keane Healy will come on and he'll shore up the scrum, but like this isn't the same Keane Healy that we've seen over the years, particularly in terms of getting on the getting on the ball uh, to the same extent that the likes of Andrew Porter can do. So um, I would still stick with France narrowly, but um, I would, wouldn't would be surprised if Ireland caused an upset either. That's all we have time for the left wing this week. We'll be back next week with another podcast. In the meantime, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or listen on independent.ie. So until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.